Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration. Today you'll hear the music of the King's Heralds, Del Delker and Brad Braley. The Voice of Prophecy speaker is H.M.S. Richards. My labors and trials are o'er, and I am safe on that beautiful shore. Just to be near the dear Lord I adore, will through the ages be glory for me. I shall look on his face That will be glory Be glory for me Friends will be there I have loved long ago Joy like a river around me will flow Yet just a smile from my Savior I know Will through the ages be glory for me Oh, that will be glory for me Glory for me, glory for me When by His grace I shall look on His face That will be glory, be glory for me. Father, we thank Thee today for Thy Word. We pray that this broadcast may help to make it clear to others everywhere. Bless all who listen and us in the studio in Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. Where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God O Jesus, blessed Redeemer 
sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. King's heralds have a hymn for us now, a hymn of consecration. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee.
now here is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, We Are All Alike. In all God's creation, there are no two things exactly alike. No two blades of grass. No two leaves among all the billions in the world. No two grains of sand. No two raindrops. No two snowflakes. No, nothing is exactly like something else. Even identical twins are not identical. They may seem alike, but they're not exactly alike. While this is all true, yet in general, we are all alike. For God himself, speaking of men, all men, declares that there is no difference. If there is no difference, then we are all alike, no matter who we are. Regardless of our race, our color, our position our education, our culture, we are all alike in several important things. First, we are all alike in creation. The Bible says, Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Malachi 2, verse 10. And again, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Psalm 100, verse 3. We may not know all the individuals by name, but every family can trace its origin back to Adam. We are all related there. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Genesis 2.7 You can't get beyond that. And of Eve, it is written, she was the mother of all living. Genesis 3.30 so we are all alike in our origin. And just another suggestion. Not only do we all come from the creative hand of God, but all men are made of the same substance. Here's the proof in Psalm 103, verse 14. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. In his mercy, God never forgets. He considers it all. And what about the same blood? Here's the statement of Acts 17.26. And hath made of one blood all nations for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Not only are we made alike physically, but the Bible says that God fashioneth their hearts or their minds alike. Psalm 33.15. In other words, in our thinking, we are all human. We all have our problems, our desires, our hopes, our loves, our sorrows, our tears, our joys, and our anticipations. It is through God's constant care that we live, for in Him we live and move and have our being. Acts 17.28 Well, this puts things in a different light with some people, doesn't it? It makes us look at them differently. They may have a different culture, different color, different view of things. They may be the exact opposite of us in many of their ways and ideas, and yet we are all alike in our origin, all alike in our dependence upon God for the very breath we breathe, for every heartbeat, for the sustenance of our bodies. In our attitude toward others, how far from Scripture we sometimes are in these things. God is the God of people. He's interested in people not merely in things. He's interested, yes, in individuals, in you and in me. He made man in his own image. You have heard of Blaise Pascal. 
a figure of romantic greatness in the past days of France, one of the outstanding intellects of all time, and only a boy of eleven, he prepared a treatise on sound. At sixteen, his mathematical genius was evidenced in a paper on conic sections. As a young man, he was fascinated with physics and discovered the law of fluid pressure, still known as Pascal's Law. He will always have a place among the leading scientists and thinkers of the earth. But he was a philosopher and religious thinker, too, as well as a scientist. What was his greatest discovery? What did he consider it to be? He once wrote his answer to this question on a little slip of paper and sewed it in his doublet to be worn next to his heart. And there it was found after his death. What was his greatest discovery? He said it was this. I'm quoting now. God is not the God of philosophy, but he is the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob and of Jesus. Unquote. So you see, we are all alike. Created by the hand of God, the God of men, the God who created man, who loves men, the God who came in human form in Jesus, who took humanity upon himself. But there's another thing in which we're all alike. We have all alike been infected with a soul disease called sin. Here's the proof of it. The Bible says... There is no difference, for all have sinned. No difference in that. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's reading Romans 3.22 and on. Or as the prophet Isaiah put it away over in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53.6, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Sin is the transgression of God's law. We read that in 1 John 3, 4. It's rebellion against him. It's doubting his word. Sin is sin wherever we find it, and we find it everywhere. The early ages used to list eight cardinal sins. Today we usually list seven principal or cardinal sins. Gluttony, impurity, avarice, anger, sloth, pride, envy. In earlier days, sadness was added to this list. may seem strange to us. Some men laugh at the idea of sin. A prominent novelist who was quite a skeptic once visited a revival meeting out of mere curiosity. When the altar call was made, someone came to him and said, Are you saved? He replied, No. Don't you want God to forgive your sins? No, he said, I like my sins. And he was telling the truth there. That's the trouble with so many of us. We like our sins. We don't want to get rid of them. Men keep on doing what they know is not right because they like it that way. And the Holy Bible says the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. Millions and millions could testify that those words are absolute truth. 
Yet people ignore the statement of God's word and the testimony of human experience. As Gaius Glenn Atkins puts it, we have passed from the age of amen to the age of oh yeah. That just about illustrates it. I should like to urge my listeners to believe what God says on this subject. Remember, habits of sin make tracks in our bodies. I won't count it this time, some sinner says, just once more, but we won't count this one. William James, the psychologist, says he may not count it, and the kind heaven may not count it, but it's being counted just the same. Down among his nerve cells and fibers, the molecules are counting it, registering it, storing it up to be used against him when the next temptation comes. By nature, we're all alike sinners. As by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. And that straight statement is in Romans 5.18. Remember the old orchard test. Jesus spoke it, and it's in Matthew 7.20. By their fruits ye shall know them. If we set out sour apple trees, we get sour apples. If we plant sweet apple trees, we get sweet apples. As we sow, we reap. This is true of nations. It's true of men. It was like that in Bible times. There's no difference now. It's true today. King Rehoboam surrounded himself with some young upstarts who gave him wrong ideas. They imposed higher taxes, increased the burdens of the people, in order that a few up in the capital city might live in luxury. The old men said, ease up, lighten the burdens, cut down on the taxes, think in terms of humanity, and the kingdom will continue. But if you want to see what happened, read it for yourself in First Kings, the 12th chapter. When Louis XVI, king of France, and his queen Marie Antoinette were driving in their royal carriage from Versailles to Paris... The people held up their thin hands and cried, What shall we eat? We're starving. The queen put her pretty head out of the carriage and said, Eat hay. Not long after that, the streets ran red with blood. And the queen herself was led to the guillotine. Yes, every man and woman, every nation, every race is alike in this sin question. For we read in Romans 3.19, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it's after them who are under the law. Well, how many are under it? Listen. That every mouth may be stopped, and all the world become guilty before God. There it is in plain words. Then we are all guilty. We haven't a word to say. Our mouths have been stopped. We have no reason for our sin. If we did, it would cease to be sin. And the Lord Jesus knows what he's talking about when he says that we are sinners. For speaking of him, the Apostle John said, he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. John 2.24. That's more than a great many of us know. Some imagine themselves as partly divine, as aspiring angels, needing only a little more help, and they will be a part of the divinity. Some men talk this way and preach this way, but it's contrary to the Word of God. Now here's the joyous side of it. Not only are we all alike by creation, 
and through sin, but we are also all alike in the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We all know John 3.16. God is willing to save all, if all are willing to be saved. Listen. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3.9. Since we've all sinned, we all need a Savior. And Jesus is the Savior of all, if all will have him. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Hebrews 7.25 Yes, my friend, we are all alike in this. Salvation is offered to each one of us, even to you and to me. Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's Mark 2.17 Since we are all sinners, his call is to all of us. At one time, the brother of George Whitfield, the great evangelist, was deeply despondent. He despaired of salvation, felt there was no use for him to seek God. He was hopeless. One day, Lady Huntington spoke to him when he was in one of these dark spells and tried to induce him to come to Christ. To everything she said, he replied, Oh, it's no use. I'm lost. I'm lost. Thank God for that, said the gracious lady. Why? Whitfield asked in great astonishment. Because, said Lady Huntington, Christ came to save the lost. And if you're lost, he's just the one who can save you. Then, friends, we are alike in something else. God not only asks us and pleads with us, but he commands us to repent. You say, are you sure? I am. Here it is. Just as it's written in Acts 17.30. God now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So if there's a tempest, your voice cannot still. If there's a void, this world never can fill. Let Jesus come into your heart. Just now, your doubtings give over. Just now, reject him no more. Just now, throw open the door. Let Jesus come into your heart. Tired of the load of your sin, let Jesus come into your heart. If you desire a new life to begin, let Jesus come into your heart. Just now your doubtings give o'er. Just now reject him no more. Just now throw open the door. Let Jesus come into your heart. If you would join the glad songs of the blessed, let Jesus come into your heart. If you would enter the mansions of rest, 
Let Jesus come into your heart. Just now my doubtings are o'er. Just now rejecting no more. Just now I open the door. And Jesus comes into my heart. This is Orville Iverson of the Voice of Prophecy saying, If you're discouraged, look up. God leads us forward in faith. Now, with a final message, here is H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. Have faith in God, the true and honest creed. Have faith in God from sin and doubting freed. Have faith in God, alike in all our need. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We trust you've enjoyed our broadcast and that you'll be with us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.